Hey listeners, want to start your own podcast? Let us tell you our favorite tool. Anchor is the one-stop shop for all your podcasting needs. Here's why. Anchor lets you record and edit your show right from your phone or computer. So no matter your setup, you can start creating right now. Then it distributes your show to the most popular listening platforms like Apple and Spotify. Plus, it's the only place you can send video content to Spotify. Creators can even earn money on Anchor with ads and subscriptions. Best of all, it's all free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You are now listening to FemRegard Podcast with Tessa Markle and Carolina Alvarez. Hi, fam fam. Welcome back. It's your girls, Carolina and Tessa, here to spill some tea, here to have, always, here to have another amazing guest. Today, we're bringing you Miss Carrie Lynn Miller. She's an actor, writer, producer. It has a production company. Shout out to Rain Productions. Um, that I love the message behind that, and that's why we had her on the show. Um, it's committed to sharing new untold stories that are highly um, complex and and have strength of women behind those stories. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's that's just kind of like how Femregard rolls. So we that's love we that. Love. We love that. So <laughs> when we met Carrie, another fellow fam member from the Gram. Mm -hmm. Um, we noticed her being a part of the community and she reached out and we were like, I think you noticed she was from Jersey too, right away. (laughs) It was like one of the first things I remember you saying. (laughs) (laughs) Was about to mention that specific fact. So I love that you hopped in there because if you're going to be a a woman in film from Jersey, you already got my green light. Like we're going to go, we're going to say yes. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I, I, she's a fellow fellow female fan from Jersey and doing doing the damn thing mm-hmm. and guys her story we get real deep in this episode about our personal insecurities and Carrie does as well and she shares um, a really personal story that we are so honored that she was vulnerable with us in this episode yeah. and I think it's really an inspiring relatable message um that she shares and I think you guys are really going to learn from it and and an amazing platform that she's using um for her film so I as well that to for yeah. funding so I think um there's lots to learn in this episode but I really hope mm-hmm. you guys take away those messages and and continue to uh, to grow the fellow fam fem fam community so give Carrie a welcome on the gram and yeah stay tuned for more Girl, have you listened to Hags yet? Oh my god, yes. Let's tell the fam about it. So, Hags is a weekly podcast dedicated to deconstructing and demystifying how society values gender by asking key questions like, for the love of God, why? (laughs) Yep. And each episode begins by celebrating a boss-ass bitch from throughout history for tackling our ever-changing understanding of modern intersectional feminism through history, pop culture, current events, personal anecdotes, and embarrassing childhood stories. 
co-hosts Riley Rose Critchlow and Nicole Wyland are frequently joined by special guests like Gates McFadden, Troy and Belisario, Gina Susanna, Liz Jenkins, Brianna Cuoco, Ioni Butler, Jazz Thornton, and Jen Mora from Voices of Hope, and many more. The show is produced by Alex Reeves and Point of Blue Studios. Follow them across the social medias at Hags Podcast for more. Well, Carrie Lynn Miller is on the show today, guys. As you can tell, we're bringing in, we always do an official intro um, after, but thank you so much for coming on. We're excited to delve into your personal story as a woman in film, filmmaker, writer, director, my love, as well. Soon to be. Soon to be. We're excited to hear about that journey for you and just happy to have you on the show. So thank you. Yes, thank you for coming on. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. This is great. I love what you guys stand for. And I love that you're bringing community together and especially supporting women filmmakers and creating like a community where we (laughs) can help each other. I think it's fabulous. Yeah, thank you. Like, it means a lot to hear that. And it means a lot to like, see your support like guys fem fam carrie just joined our patreon <laughs> we saw that this morning so thank you so much for that but even just yeah. you know the support that you've shown us like on instagram i know mm-hmm. you've tuned into our lives and you follow us on there like it's so cool to see people that you know aren't just already friends and family like people that you're meeting because of what you're doing and to see their support and to now have you on the show like that's such a cool thing for us Oh, absolutely. And we're all connected, right? And yeah, so, so like, helping each other, we all just end up helping the whole. So it's great. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No. So Carrie, tell no. us just, um, you know, who you are, like how you got started, um, what did, what it all is that you do? <laughs> yeah. Okay, sure. Um, so I got started, it's actually, well, my parents think it's an interesting story because I went to school to be a doctor and um, I ended up just taking a uh, elect, elective class um, mm-hmm. and it was an acting class and it was a monologue class and I fell in love with it. So after graduating, I um, did pharmaceutical sales, but then also put myself through William Asper Studio in, in New York nice. and uh, wow. it's a two-year Meisner program. And then after that, wow. I... Um, <laughs> It's just like this medical background, girl, you were on track here. (laughs) I know, right? So I didn't end up being a doctor, but then I ended up just selling drugs. (laughs) Legally, that is. (laughs) I love this. Uh, You know, Um, but yeah, so um, I did, you know, I'm an actor and I love acting. um, And I just found myself being just disappointed in, well, I guess you, you become an actor because you want to tell stories and you want to, Mm -hmm. you want to um, become the character and have this huge arc and all these things happening. And many of the roles that were booking that I was booking, which I'm very grateful for like guest stars and co-stars, you know, you're there in service of the story. And sometimes you get like good juicy characters, but I just still felt this like void of wanting to tell stories and Mm -hmm. wanting to, really share um, different ideas with with the world. And so I started um, writing and writing and writing and writing. And I've been writing and working for about seven years and taking all the classes from everything from Save the Cat to um, Robert McKee's story classes and joining writers groups. So great. Both are great tools. I love that. I love their books. They're so good. 
Absolutely. I remember when I was starting out, I literally had that save the cat book. Like I had it earmarked and like just on every single page, it was like my Bible that I used for like the first year, just when you're trying to understand um, foundation and trying to have to set up and everything. Mm -hmm. So that was really helpful structure wise. And I have Robert McGee's audio book. I found that one was like really great to like in my LA traffic drives. And now granted, I don't have that, but to keep playing that was so helpful because it really like he story tells where whereas save the cat I feel like you really can bookmark and like see the lists and like visually like assess that so just geeking out here over that because I do feel like no, save the cat is right. perfect but I I would highly recommend um Robert McGee's right or McKee's I always like McKee's, McKee's yeah. story mm-hmm. is a, a great audiobook because then you're I just think, like right, yeah. really just internal like ingesting that information and can do it like a million times like I literally like that was my equal (laughs) obsession just having that play play no so great so then you were like consuming all the writing tips really understanding how that that structure works because it's very important yeah absolutely and like you said they kind of married up nicely together Mm -hmm. one was more structure and one more kind of like uh dove beneath the surface to get into like the depth of the character and really storytelling um so yeah, so those were so those were two tools that helped me, and then just joining writers groups and getting your ass handed to you basically every <laughs> night as you were, you're like learning. You're like, oh my god, I think I have something good, and then they're like, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is what they said, this, and you're like, oh my god. But you know what they say is like when you learn. I was in a writers group with people who were very accomplished, like Nichols, you know, fellowships and like all that stuff. So when you are are with people who are doing it at that high level, you take it as a gift that they're giving you that feedback because it allows you to continue to grow your craft and get better and better. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it hurt, you know, definitely. I also learned how to take feedback, you know, and not take things personal, but um, we all take things personal, right? In our stuff. So so it's hard when you're telling a personal story or something that's like really vulnerable to you, a subject that's really vulnerable. And you're like, these are my personal thoughts and feelings in a way. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Right. Absolutely. And it's different, I think, too, being an actor versus a writer as far as like, feedback and criticism and stuff because it's like as an actor like you kind of just look at it as being directed right and unless it's a scene that you like spilled your guts and were sobbing and everything most of the time it's like okay let's do another take let's try it this way okay cool versus writing it's like no matter what you spent hours and hours on those pages you know so to get like really harsh feedback you're like oh my god it was all for nothing but yeah you just have to like go into it knowing it's going to be better once they give you that feedback Yes. And yeah. test too, because a lot of the material that I was right, that you write about and is very personal mm-hmm. and it comes from, you know, these deep, dark places that you have and you're sharing it. And you're, like you said, you're, you're putting your heart out there and it's not somebody else's material. It's yours. It came from the inner depths of you. Right. And so it's, <laughs> it's definitely more of a challenge. <laughs> it is. But that's why I said this on, I forgot what episode, but recently, but that it's, you still get a performance high then when you like really nail like the story arc and the writing. It's almost yeah. the same then in acting because you're like, I delivered it. I delivered that performance in a way. It's just, it's a different 
it's in a different medium, mm-hmm, but yeah. that's where I've, I've found the joy in writing it too, because it takes so much mental power to put the puzzle pieces together and you're being vulnerable and you're like, Ugh, but then when it all works, it's like magic. And you just feel, <laughs> just feel so good. You're like, oh, okay, my message, my message, my, 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 like the dialogue is juicy there. And it just yeah, it feels that you get that same, I don't know, at least I do. <laughs> I get yeah, that Yeah, no, vibe. absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it like the acting, like Tess was saying, it's just different because it's not yours. And then, you know, I've produced short films that I haven't wrote, but I've also acted in. And it's then a different sort of uh, ownership that you feel Correct. with producing, right? Mm-hmm. And then going to the next level where you're like writing, producing, and it's like all it's just a different all in con- consuming of your beingness that's going yeah. out there or your vulnerableness I guess I should say um but yeah totally yeah I love that I love exploring the different vulnerabilities um so you were saying that you kind of started writing because you weren't like seeing the stories that you wanted to see out there but were you then intending for it to be things that you were going to act in as well like was it you know parts that you were missing for yourself or were you just writing to get those stories out there that you felt were missing? Yeah. So, um, full transparency, I've been working on the same story for seven years and it's, um, that's what happens. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's a story that, um, I don't see myself playing the main character. I really would like this to, um, you know, when we think about distribution and stuff, I, I'd like to attach somebody with more of a name. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to play a part in it. And it's, there's a ton of female roles, which is fabulous. Um, but yeah, I do. Carolina and Tessa of- act. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I know, ladies. I know. Absolutely. No, I, I, I mean, the story. So to answer your question, this story is, it's a really personal story for me. Um, and I feel like it's my purpose in life for sharing this story. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why mm-hmm. I know I'm not making it so precious, but it is really important to me. And I'm still acting and auditioning and, and doing other things and writing shorts. But this is kind of the thing that I feel very driven towards mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's like your baby. <laughs> it is. And yeah, when somebody calls your baby ugly, it's not ever like going back to the feedback thing. That's yeah. never easy to, um, to experience, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, I'm excited about it. Yeah. yeah. And we talk about this a lot on the show too. It's like, you know, you have as a creator, whether you're, you know, on the producing side, the writing side, directing side, or all of it, regardless, like you're going to have those projects that are your baby, those projects that are like, you want to make sure that you are getting the kind of funding you need for it, that you are doing it right, no matter how long it takes. Right. And then you've got those other projects that are like, you know, the shorts along the way or the web series along the way that it's like, you're getting the practice in with those, you're learning what you're doing with those. And it's just so important to like, to not be so precious with the little things to just get them out there and get things done. But then like yeah. to save, yeah, like your baby for when you're ready for it, for it. Yeah, that was beautifully said. Absolutely. It's kind of like knowing when to be precious and when not to be precious mm-hmm. with it. And then for me, I feel like this, like fear is a big thing with me. Um, like not letting your fear or other people's fear stand in the way of sharing your truth. Yeah. And mm-hmm. For me, that's been what this project has kind of represented because um, because of so much of it, um, you know, does speak to a lot of my vulnerabilities and sharing that. It's taken me 
time to um, be okay with putting it all out there and, and having conversations about it. And, and cause it deals with a lot, uh, the themes of shame. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. So, you know, obviously some of my personal shames are in there. <laughs> Thanks for spilling the tea on that. Um, I think fear <laughs> is, is again, like being vulnerable in your writing and stuff. You're like, okay, well now everyone's going to hear about my, you know, not everyone puts it to um, hand in hand that it's your story, but it is coming from you. And so, and you have to, I love that you said that you just kind of have to acknowledge that this is what happened. And this is like my, this was my journey in a sense. And Mm -hmm. um, is that, is that where you're writing from really too? It's like, this was kind of my journey and, and then processing that. It was a total battle and it was a t- every year I felt like I was more truthful and more truthful. I had to just keep ripping away the layers. Um, so I struggled with body dysmorphia disorder um, uh, at a very young age and not to about, not with regards to like eating disorders, but I focused on um, body dysmorphia disorders when you really focus on something that maybe other people don't see as mm. much as you do, but you obsess about it and you obsess about it. And, mm-hmm. and I did that with my nose and I always was very um, just all consumed by that. And what happened was then you couple that with some traumatic incidents that happened that kind of reinforce what you were thinking all along. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then you, right. So you kind of start to struggle with that. So for me, my story, um, struggling with that and then, um, you know, just continually trying to hide like really who I was mm-hmm. and, um, and then having plastic surgery on my nose to change, you know, the way I looked mm-hmm. because I felt that I just felt horrible about myself. And I felt like that um, I, I just wasn't living up to what the standard, what it means to be a woman, because women are like pretty and women are this and that. And, and I felt really like, oh, if, if this, if I look this way, then I, it would be easier, it would yeah. be better. And I got really involved with um, coming out of college. I told you that pharmaceutical sales job, I ended up working for a company that sold Botox mm-hmm. and Juvederm. So I was constantly in that environment where everything was about perfection and about fixing flaws and making yourself look beautiful. And I just want to point out too that not everybody that seeks out plastic surgery has an issue. And a lot of people do it and it's healthy and it's fine. But um, for me personally, I'm only speaking from, from mine that I really struggled with that. And so my story really was about coming out and, and telling a story about a woman who's who kind of spends her life struggling with this disorder, but pursuing power and control through her physical appearance, Mm. but then finding greater power and taking on the events and people that kind of drove the insecurities and inadequacies in the beginning to to begin with. So, um, gosh, that's a a long winded answer, but (laughs) yeah, yeah. I mean, just even saying that out loud is hard for me to say, you know? I love the idea of that. Like I, that's definitely a film I would watch. Like just those themes are so it's, it's stuff that we as women deal with every day all around the world, just in general. And then let alone specifically like in the entertainment industry where it's like, like our looks are what are selling us, you know, literally. And yeah, it's just, it's so much (laughs) to deal with as a human being. So like to see that story told, you know, in uh, like a film format, I think people are going to really like be 
and they're going to really relate, you know? Yeah. yeah, I completely agree. I think it's really empowering when you can mm-hmm. like own either your issue with that or show someone who's working through that and yet to piggyback on what um, Tessa said. And I just like it. it is I've never heard anyone else say like they have this problem. I don't have dysmorphia with um with it myself, but my nose has been a constant like same <laughs> in my life <laughs> and I've even had like a headshot photographer I'm like not like I didn't ask for your opinion but he's like shooting me for my headshots and he's like don't get a nose job don't ever do it and I'm like well thanks for thanks for <laughs> saying that I was even thinking that thank you so much right. thanks for pointing right. it out I really appreciate that um but then I was like yeah fuck you I'm not like fuck everyone. (laughs) Like I'm going to, I'm just going to live with it, but it is something Mm -hmm. that I am always thinking about. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like when I, when I get ready, when I do my makeup, I'm like, okay, like it's, she's there, but it is, it is something that is a characteristic for me. And I've always just worked on owning it and trying Mm -hmm. to, you know, and again, I'm with you. Like, you know, some people want to get the surgery done and I'm like, do it girl whatever makes you happy or boy like whatever makes you happy right um but I yeah I do think your story is like really gonna inspire a lot of people because that is especially in in this industry it's something that we have to we get told all the time or we think about all the time because we are on camera and we are doing the things or it's like going in for a certain look It, it it changes what you are good for you know, yeah. or I mm-hmm. guess like casted for. Yeah. I mean, this is the first time I've actually said it out loud, to be honest with, oh with, my God. with, with you guys. Thank you yeah. so much yeah. for being honest and vulnerable and see like, yeah, so relatable, right? Like we, we <laughs> were like pouring it out with you too. I know. And like, that's yeah. what makes me feel so like, you know, I think I said early on is like, not, I just decided I'm not going to let fear stop me from sharing my truth. And I want to be able to stand in my truth because I know I'm not the only one that feels like this. I mean, I know that for me, it was all around shame about the way I looked and then shame for having done it and then hiding that I had done it. And it was like this constant shame cycle that I was in and just feeling, and then wondering like what my life would have been like if I didn't do it. Mm -hmm. And like constant, like this constant battle of that happened. So it's definitely been a cathartic experience for me. And I just decided that, you know, during this seven year journey, I think that's, what's taken me so long is because it's just been shaving away like these masks that I've been putting up to the world and like trying to be, or have this image, but I'm, I've kind of just been worn down and I'm like, fuck it. You know, this is me, this is me. And this is who I am. And you're either going to judge me or you're not. But, but I think what you said, Carolina, is that you know, I don't judge other people for doing it because it's really all about their why and like what their journey is. Right. And so I can, can only speak to my journey, but I, I do love that what you shared that you have been able to say like, yeah, I struggled with this and, and it's something that you've been able to turn into like, and no, strength, I still know, struggle that, you know? with it, girl. I still struggle yeah. with it, but, and that's so like, I, First of all, I love this story. <laughs> I just clap that out. Um, and I, something you just said that was so important, like, and I think about it too. It's like, okay, and if I do get a jo- nose job, I feel this already. I feel ashamed. Like, that's so totally. important that you chat, like, attach that because it's like, oh, so she did the thing. She, like, rearranged, like, 
Who are you trying right. to fool or whatever? And like, I don't know. And it's just like, no, shut, shut up. Like, do you do yeah. you? <laughs> you yeah. If you right. like, you know, you want, you are just going to either, that's what I've accepted. Like, I'm either going to own the space I'm in or if I'm really just not happy anymore with wherever I'm at, I think change is fine. Change is great. Right. We all have to evolve. We all have our own like journey with there, but it is so hard to not take in the fact other people's opinions on something. Oh, or yeah. Like, so, so, no, I, I do. I think what you're saying is exactly what a lot of people piggyback on. And like, yeah, I've, I've gotten to a place where I'm I'm healthy about it, but thankfully, mm-hmm. but it, it is. It's still a struggle. Yeah. Still- yeah. <laughs> and I think a lot of things like this, everybody tends to like so much internalize and think like that they're the only ones going through it in a way, but like, that's so not the case. I mean, even just the three of us literally with noses alone, like that's something that each of us have an an issue about, like, how weird is that? You know what I mean? And then like to go beyond that, like personally, I am a big fan of plastic surgery. Like I've never had any yet, but like a nose job is first on my list as well. But I always, it's funny because my nose is crooked. So that's what my issue is with it. And I always say like, oh, I just want to get it straight. Like, but I don't really want to change the shape of it. And I feel like I have to like justify that when I tell people that, Mm -hmm. but it's like, why? Because if anybody else came to me and said they wanted a nose job to totally change what it looked like, because they don't like the look of their nose, I'd be like, yes, girl, go get it. Like you do you, you do what's going to make you happy. And I think that it's so dumb that it's like looked down upon to get plastic surgery. Like, yes, it can be unhealthy. If you get addicted to it, you're going in and getting like so much more. But like, if you're just unhappy with a part of your body that you can spend a couple thousand dollars to fix, and then you're done and you're happy, like, why not? You know, and that's right. what it's there for. <laughs> Right. And, and I, I agree with that. And I feel like it's more the, when it becomes an issue and when it became an issue for me is when you're trying to change something by changing the outside Mm -hmm. instead of addressing Mm. like the inside thing that's happening. And that's kind of what I've learned in my journey is that for me personally, no matter what I did to try to fix something on the outside, it never filled like that void that I felt on the inside. And so And clearly that's because I was dealing with a lot of shame and a lot of different stuff at a much more um, deep level than someone who's just able to say, I don't like this and I'm just gonna change it and I'm gonna feel better. And they they probably do really feel better with it. But for for me in particular, it just would it never worked. Mm -hmm. And I just so for me, my my lesson and my and my journey has been that, you know, I just know I have to go, like that's when I, I I learned to meditate and I learned to really kind of listen to what's happening inside of me Mm -hmm. so that Mm -hmm. I can kind of lead from there. And when I know when I change on the inside, then everything around me on the outside kind of changes as well. That is what I've learned. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's so, so important. And I think that that's something that's also like, um, coming to the forefront, I guess is how I would say that, but like people are way more aware of like, loving yourself, (laughs) like how important that is. And like putting in the work to do like that psychological work. Like so many people nowadays are in therapy that like, you know, even just 10 years ago, let alone 20 years ago, people would have been like, oh my God, like, are all these people crazy? Like, why are you in therapy? You know what I mean? But it's like, it's a healthy thing to work through these things because 
even if you have no, you know, chemical imbalances, you wouldn't be diagnosed as anything. Like we've all got issues. We've all got baggage. <laughs> so sure. yeah, sure. Yeah. And we live in a world that everything is about the outside, right? Yeah. It's like, I'm sitting here saying I have to go to the inside, but it's so challenging yeah. when everything you see is, is about the outside from the billboards to the commercials, to the magazines, to the movies, to everything is about the outside, but to really take that time to go inside and like meditate mm-hmm. and really check in with that has really helped me a lot. And I don't know. I mean, I guess for everybody, it's different. Some people it's just taking a walk in nature. Some people it's, I don't know, but, but just finding that, that way to connect with your inner being, your inner soul, so that that leads you in your choices. And then if you're connected in that way, it doesn't matter what you choose plastic surgery or not, as long as you're aligned with on the inside, then you're going to be okay. It's just when the misalignments are there and you're doing things for the wrong reasons, which is which I spent much of my life doing. It's just like chasing something um, yeah. where it can become unhealthy, you know, Yeah, and exhausting. I think that's really big of you too. Um, and I'm sure it took time to recognize like, yeah, like it's, it's coming more internally. That's, that's really like bugging you and, and getting under your skin about all these different um, thought process that you had throughout your experience. So is there like, again, like you just said, like everyone has their own process, but for anyone that is like tuning in, they're like, wow, I feel the same way. And I think I might get like something done. Um, is, is there any advice that you would, you would say to someone who's like thinking about doing this or, or struggling just in general that they could something that worked for you to work on the inside? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that um, shame is about hiding, right? When you're hiding something, you you just feel like, oh God, if anybody saw this, I would just die, right? Yeah. And I know like the antidote to shame and what I'm learning is just like when you actually can put yourself out there and just be, um, put it out there, whatever you think is horrible, whatever you think is unmentionable or just makes you hideous or disgusting or whatever, it's the hardest thing to do, but it actually is the most freeing thing to do too, is putting it out there. Um, because you have, I love that you said that and I just want to interrupt because it's like you taking ownership, like you're in control of the narrative. Like it's me owning this space and, and what I'm seeing. And I actually did that about my nose too. So I love that you said that I, I cup, like when I was starting out here in LA, I did a blog and I wrote about it and I felt like, you know what, that was my way of being like, and my experience with that headshot photographer and just all the little things and just being like, yeah, this is me owning this space and I'm going to address it. I'm going to address what I think is the elephant in the room. You know, that's amazing. (laughs) That is amazing. And I'd love to read that article. Hey everybody. I'm Chris Fafalius and I'm the producer of Chris to makes a podcast and the host of the one hit thunder podcast. And I'm Matt Kelly, host of horror movie night and the producer slash the head of content for the Geekscape podcasting network. Between the two of us, we have, believe it or not, 25 years of podcasting experience, and we want to help you start your own podcast. We know podcasting, and we want to share that knowledge with you. So whether you're new to podcasting or you want some feedback on your currently active podcast, we want to help. Or perhaps you're just overwhelmed with all of the editing work. Well, we can help you with that also. You can contact us at info at weknowpodcasting.com for more information. We're excited to help your podcasting dreams become a reality. And then I would say that the other things are just, um, I think Tessa, you mentioned self-love is, um, 
it's this weird combination of being able to like forgive yourself mm. for feeling that way. Mm. And, um, and just, it's like just giving yourself a little space. Um, yeah. and I do that through meditation when I feel, I mean, I do meditate. I have a meditation practice. I meditate in the morning. Um, but even when I do feel those things coming up, I will just kind of put, just step aside for a little bit and just kind of refocus because it's a constant struggle. It's, oh, it's not something that just goes away for me, at least right. not like, oh, I'm good. I'm great. You know, I never have to feel that way again. It, I feel like for me, it's the opposite. I'm always, it's kind of always there. And I have to just, um, keep myself really present with, with what it is I'm working on and, and, and that self-love and really forgiving yourself and not, cause I think that you can get caught up in this idea of it has to look a certain way or it has to be like perfect and you can be really hard on yourselves and almost beat yourself up a lot. And in that beating yourself up, it only just continues the cycle of mm. shame and feeling mm. bad. So there's to break the cycle, you know, there is a point where I think we need to forgive ourselves for feeling that way about ourselves, forgive ourselves for having the plastic surgery or forgive ourselves for whatever it is we need so that we can just, like you said, Carolina, that's just like own it, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For sure. I love that. Yeah. I agree like wholeheartedly with that. Um, I did like a whole program on like emotional intelligence and like all this, like all this stuff we're talking about. And that was like the biggest eye opener for me was like just giving myself that grace and forgiving myself. And it's like, I can still be hard on myself. Like that's just how I am. I'm going to push myself. But like things that have already happened, there's no use in dwelling on that and beating yourself up over that. Like it's, it's happened. It's done. Forgive yourself and move on, you know? And right. that just, it just releases so much pressure that you put on yourself and it doesn't yeah. make all your problems go away. Of course, like none of it's magic, but like, that's, that's such an important first step and like gets rid yeah. of so many like baggage, you know? So yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Oh God, I'm just so grateful to you guys. I have to say, because I, this is like a really big step for me in this whole process and everything. And I think <laughs> that, um, you know, with me starting to produce the film and raise the funds for it, it's, I just had to get really clear with who am I going to be with this? Like, who am I going to, like, people start asking questions. Like if I'm at a, you know, when I'm at a film festival and they're asking me for inspiration, am I going to hide behind this and act like this is not me or mm -hmm. this is whatever. And I'm just like, no, this is, the bullshit ends here. <laughs> so, yes. so, so thank you guys oh for allowing God. me to uh Femregard podcast, y'all. Femregard podcast. <laughs> this is what we do. No, I love that. And that's so true because Carrie, like what you're saying, as you saw, like immediately resonated. And who like again, who knew it would have been all about noses? <laughs> like, who knew? But that is literally the like the, the one thing. And and like you see, you've already just being so open about it. Like your message, your outreach, you're the perfect spokesperson for that because it is mm -hmm. coming from you. You it's your project and it's only going to empower you more. And yes, there will always be haters that yep. like, that's just how it goes. But that's when you call it Carolina and Tessa, your femme girls, and <laughs> we will beat them up. <laughs> no, not, really, not physically. I will remember that. <laughs> but, you know, the femme fam will come for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
But that's something to remember too, is like, there's always going to be haters, no matter what, if you wrote this story, and it had nothing personal for you, you just thought it was like a good, you know, way to think people are Mm -hmm. still going to, they would still give you the same like hater comments and all of that, you know, but the fact that it does come from a special place, the people that Mm -hmm. are going to enjoy it, and it is going to resonate with like, they're going to really connect to it even more because it does come from a place of truth. So, right. I mean, that's with any story that that people are, you know, creating just remember that like there's going to be hate no matter what so yeah yeah Yeah, no thank you for saying that and I I definitely will remember that and keep you guys on my speed dial uh, should anything come up (laughs) you know Tessa and I are from the east coast we all know a guy we know a guy we got a guy to take care of the guy who's not this other guy so it's all good I love it that's amazing no a hundred percent but I just think you're you're like more you know, aside from like focusing on back on the positive, you will have a better outreach because if you share it from your heart, your personal story, like you just did, it's just going to go way further. It's Mm going to connect more. It's going to sell more. It's just, it's, you're you're set up for success. You really are Carrie. And like, yeah, I'm so, we're so excited for you. (laughs) And you said you're about ready to start like pre- production or is that where you are right now kind of with funding and everything yeah I'm raising money right now for for funds um and we just are kickstarting a campaign on a platform I don't know if you guys have heard of it it's called WeFunder oh um, no this is Tessa I thought we took all the seminars damn it (laughs) where where did we miss this So this is really cool because it's different than like Kickstarter or Indiegogo, because when you do those, those are just folks that are like, love you, like your mom, your dad, your friends who are just donating money. Mm -hmm. This is a little different because it allows people to actually invest in your film and share in the profits, like the ROI, but do it at a smaller level. So for example, like, you know, if you open, you know, start an LLC with your, with your film and you're trying to raise money you might look for accredited investors that can only invest like a high amount. Right. Let's just say, let's just call hundred K for like to buy one share of your, mm-hmm. of your, uh, your LLC. Um, but this is different because it allows them to buy in for as little as $250 and they can still do the profit sharing or as little as a hundred dollars actually. And, um, and it's really cool. So if it, it allows people to come in to support you and, and to enjoy the, you know, potential profits of the project as well. So that is really wow. cool. That is Does it allow so for cool. also just donations too? Or is it just, is it all like investing? It's all, it's all investing. Okay. Um, I'm sure somebody could say, I don't want it, but the way it's set up, it's, you have to be approved by the SEC to okay. be, um, to do this. Um, so it's all set up there where people make their investments online and it's all the contracts are there so it's all done through that amazing I was just gonna ask it's probably all set up so you don't have to like constantly be writing a contract it's just a set format perfect and then it also sounds like the reason why you really love it is that it kind of opens up the investor pool instead of just Mm -hmm. having to find those large ticket investors you're having yeah. more opportunity with a smaller investor more more investors but smaller amounts and and maybe those are easier to target that's what I'm like assessing yeah no this. Ab- absolutely um we we did have um, a couple more accredited investors come in initially mm-hmm. and what we decided to do is just put everything and reinvest it into the WeFunder account um, because it just made more sense but to your point yeah absolutely um it gives you exposure to people who 
would invest in your mm. film and, and, and want to see, you know, oh, you know, hey, this, can I make some profit off of this? You know, there's so many different avenues now with everything pretty much going digital in the Corona world that, you know, there's so many different ways to make um, profit and ROI off of uh, bringing a film into the world. So I think people are more excited about investing in that. I love awesome. that. So it's WeFunder is the platform. Yep. Perfect. Mm-hmm. And it, you said you're about to launch it, correct? Yeah. Okay. So what they do is they give you um, like a week before, like if you went on to WeFunder right now and you put in Awaken Her, which is my, my screenplay or my film, um, you would see our campaign come up but it would only be because you searched for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but once it goes live in a week, so they give you the first week to kind of just get your your friends and families in, in and on board. But then after that, then you go live and it's on the site all the time and people, then they're, you're exposed to other investors that are on the site as well. Okay, okay. perfect. So, so Sam, listening right now, um, today is the 22nd. So it'll be live by kind of the end of this week, like 27th, is that around? Yeah, yeah. Okay, awesome. So guys, look for it. Awaken Her, you said is the title, right? Yep, Awaken Her. Yeah. Awaken Her. And how long is the campaign going? Or is it? are you kind of leaving that open-ended right now? Um, right now we have it till the end of April, April 30th. Okay. Awesome. So guys, you've got plenty of time (laughs) between now when you're listening and end of April, if you guys are interested in investing, because I think a lot of people, you know, I know a lot of our listeners aren't even filmmakers. They're just people that are interested in the filmmaking world. And I'm sure a lot of people would love to invest and be part of a film, but they just don't have the money because they think it has to cost, you know, $500,000 or whatever. So this is a great opportunity for both right. ends, you know, the filmmaker and the investors to get involved in something. Absolutely. That's interesting that the majority of your fan base is um, people who are just more interested in film versus actually um, creating film. That's really yeah. interesting. I mean, maybe not majority. But I wouldn't say majority, but like probably close to half, honestly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. I would say it's 50-50. Yeah. We were so surprised because I even had then people hitting me up that, uh, yeah, like Tessa too, that were not in the film spread. They were like, we love your show. I'm like, you listen? <laughs> Like, hi, I haven't talked to you in like three years, but I love you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Wow, that is so cool. I love that because it's kind of, that's part of why I like WeFunder too, is because it's not just about film. You can invest in anything there. Like you can invest in like somebody who's starting like a brewery or um, a bionic arm or something. Yeah. Very cool. That is so neat. No, I love it. We'll have a link to we'll throw in a link I think Tessa Mm -hmm. we can in the the credit notes guys so it'll be easier for you to look through because yeah it is February right now and we'll hope to maybe bump this up so we can we can have you live and and having you know our audience check you out because this is so exciting um and I think the the message is going to resonate with a lot of with a lot of our 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 fans so yeah absolutely excited for that well I hope so thank you so that's so exciting so to um, I guess to take it back where you are in your process. So you're, you're gonna, you're about to launch and then you're going to make the, the damn thing. <laughs> and, and I know like, and that's like a thing itself. Is there like a platform or place you really want to, you know, distribute it on? Do you have any, your eyes set yet on anything? Sure. Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. Thank you for asking that. Um, people don't usually ask me that. Um, well, so here, I'll tell you my two wishes. My one wish is to have Jennifer Garner play the lead role. And 
this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that you love her. She's one, she's very lovable. Um, of course. And I love her too. Um, and I think she's so talented. Yeah. Um, so um, that would be the first wish. And then the second um, one would be to have a distribution deal set up with Netflix. Awesome. Love snaps. We're putting that out there. Yeah. Write it down. <laughs> journal it, Carrie. I'm sure you have. Let's like put that out there. Yeah. I love I love that journey for you, as I would say. I know. <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> we love you. And something really exciting too is like Netflix is picking up a lot of things right now because with the pandemic, it's like they don't have their normal like, you know, big studios and stuff to reach out to, even not even big studios, but still like studios. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're picking up a lot of things that they might not have gone like to quite the independent level. So as long as like, you know, you use the right equipment or whatever, like they have weird specifications, but you can Google that. Like as long as you check those boxes, like you've got a really Mm -hmm. good chance. So now's a great time. Yeah. That's great to hear. And then of course, you know, like all of us, we would love to have it premiere at like a Sundance or, you know, something, just a festival to be out again with people and, you know, seeing that community together and watching your film on screen for the, the kickoff of it and the premiere. I mean, I think everybody is really excited that that could be happening in 2022 maybe. I know, hopefully. (laughs) I know Tessa and I are definitely going to go visit our girl Wit Ingram at the Sundance Film Festival next year. Like I'm already penciling that in. Like I cannot wait to do that. I will go with you guys. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, let's meet up. Absolutely. Like that's what I want. I want the femme fam to come together. I want us all to like (laughs) finally be in person. Because it's it's just hard. But we've been making it work. We've been making Mm -hmm. it work virtually. So yeah, again, like being able to podcast and and still virtually have these discussions has been so nice. And with our yeah. long distance guests, guests like you, you know, I mean, obviously you wouldn't be coming to out to Especially. LA to come to the studio and record with us. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Right. You guys are doing a fantastic job of making people still feel connected. And, yeah. and like I said, just like broadening the community of female filmmakers and showing the support. It's just amazing. I love it. Hello. We love it too. We love it too. And like, again, like I'm so excited for this project. I'm so glad. I'm so excited. I will keep you guys posted as we go through and I'll definitely keep you in mind too. There's a lot of um, female roles in there. So I'll keep you in mind. Yay. We love that. Because again, I know we speak on it like in in spurts throughout the, our, our seasons, but we were actors first and then we like did started producing and filmmaking yeah to to broaden our roles and what we want to see on film so your stories like it you know we actually tessa kind of has a little i don't know she has a lot of background she's a lot of secret certifications that i'm learning about where i'm like you studied (laughs) what you did what you did girl you do you do all these like do i have the certifications maybe not i studied a lot of things just always go through with it oh it's just a technical just a technicality (laughs) but i just love i love that we have like these different spaces that you know like you came from backgrounds I feel like that influenced where you're at Mm -hmm. and that's why we have Mm -hmm. to just be grateful for our past and what we learned from it and where where our stories are going to continue you know and I I I just I love that that's where we come back to filmmaking and producing you know we get to to embrace our past in that way and then move forward you know and like be like hey that was that was a chapter here and now we're gonna make the next film (laughs) absolutely (laughs) yes well and circles rise together so I feel like like, you know, mm-hmm. we all are 
vibrating with this good energy and I, we're here to help each other. So yes. I think that's great. Oh my God, Carrie, mm-hmm. if I go back home, like we might have to hang too. Oh my God. You <laughs> have to tell me if you come back okay. home because Morristown is literally 20 minutes from me. So it okay. really is called. Well, hello. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to come home with you next time. Carrie. <laughs> I know <laughs> Tessa's literally had like, we both have had dreams of like our parents finally meeting each other, visiting our hometowns and yet we've not done it yet. And it's a shame. So. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. We to we need an that. East Coast trip. Woo-hoo! Yes, I love, I love visiting the East Coast. I do. It's always been home for me. Still, like in in yep. my heart, there's always like that that place there. So Amen. absolutely, <laughs> we will have to do that. Motown yeah. it up. Yeah. Um, but Carrie, let um, our listeners yeah. know before we end today um, how they can find you, you know, via social media, if you have a website, anything that you want to share and promote that our listeners sure. can find right now. Sure, absolutely. So um, on WeFunder, you can just type in Awaken Her and you'll find our project. Um, my website is carrylynnmiller.com and my handle for Instagram is carrylynnmiller. Um, and that's Instagram is pretty much where I hang out the most and Facebook too. I'm on there as, as uh, Carrie Lynn Miller as well. Awesome. Yeah. Instagram's where she found us guys. <laughs> yeah. Instagram's where it's at. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you and so much for always popping. Yes, yeah, thank you for, for always being on. supportive. Yeah, mm-hmm. like we see Absolutely. it, we always do, and that's why we always acknowledge, you know, our our fellow yeah. fam. So thank you, thank you, thank girl. you. We'll keep doing what you guys are doing. I love it. <laughs> to be continued. Yes. To be continued. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Fab Podcast. If you like what you hear, tune in every Friday for more tips on the filmmaking business and insightful conversations with industry professionals. We can only grow with your support, so please subscribe, share, rate, and review. You can also join the Fem Fam on Patreon. For more on us, check us out at femregard.com. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.